0: Patreon.com slash Uh $4 a month gets you in there.
1: Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's The Walk-Off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The Die Hard Podcast for the casual fan. Fire.
0: And another one. My goodness.
1: If you're watching this right now, And you haven't hit the like button, Billy. Get on it. Bug your brother. Tell him to do the same. Hello and welcome to the walk-off. I'm Scott Belford. Joined for real this time by the best co-host in the biz. It's been a minute. Mac. Look at us. The band's back together, right? Getting the band back
0: together. Yeah, it's good. It's good.
1: We got uh, ourselves a hell of a mailbag to get through. So we do this every single week. We kind of comb through all your interactions, whether it's comments on YouTube, whether it's sending us DMs or being a part of the Discord, whatever it may be. You can always get a hold of us by shooting us a DM on Twitter at Podcast. We're over 2,000 followers at this point. So feel free Mm. to follow along. It's pretty impressive. Uh, Instagram, you can shoot Adam a message there the walk off podcast and then on discord, shoot us a message and we can send you the link. I know that there uh, was someone who sent us a website form to send you a link. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to respond there. Uh, If you don't, if you're watching right now and you don't get a response, we're not being dicks. Just send a message on Insta or Twitter while we figure out the back end of our website. Anyways, there you go. Uh, And then Patreon, you get the bump, right? The Patreon bump, the priority bump. For those four bucks a month to get the extra show a week, MLB Mondays, and priority viewing.
0: I don't know if you heard, Scott, but Twitter is no longer Twitter.
1: Mm. I did hear. It's X now. It's (laughs) It's X. X. So lame. So send us an
0: X (laughs) if you want. Send us an X on X. X us with all your comments and questions.
1: Before we get into Mailbag, buddy, last night, Dodger Stadium.
0: You're in L.A., by the way.
1: I'm in L.A. right now at this series, and it was just a mind-blowing experience. I I know we were talking a little bit before you hit record here uh, about the history and like just the feel of Dodger Stadium Mm -hmm. in comparison to some of the other uh stadiums in the u.s it's just got this vibe this feel you can tell it's from the 60s third oldest stadium in baseball obviously and uh yeah it is special man it is so special and it's just it's so open in comparison to some of these other old stadiums like wrigley and 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 uh fenway like the the big difference is like when you're in the hallways in dodger stadium there's tons of room and you're still able to get around and it's great Benway, you feel like it was built in 1914 and it's tiny and you're People like. People were smaller to go to the... back then. People were smaller back then.
0: <laughs> all right. So the grounds crew is dying to know, Scott, because you're famous for loving PNC mm-hmm. Park above yes. all other ballparks in Major League Baseball. Do we have a new number one? How does this compare uh, to PNC in Pittsburgh?
1: So the wife, the wife says Dodger Stadium is number one. In her books, and she loved PNC, but I don't know. For me, I, I really do still love PNC and Oracle, probably just slightly a little bit, tiny bit above Dodger Stadium, but it's it's a very good number three there, and what a what an atmosphere. Like, last night was insane, dude. And, and the Blue Jays' bullpen last night, like, did not get enough love. I don't care how much love they got. They did not get enough love <laughs> for what they accomplished at the end of that game, man. Six innings pitched from the bullpen. Six that he's one run, one earned run, 6K, three walks, only two hits. They allowed two freaking hits. And Jay Jackson, like, buddy, dead. he's got to be, he's got to be a fixture in this bullpen, right? Or trade him like he's a big league reliever.
0: Yeah. Uh, as, I mean, I feel, I feel good with him on the mound. Mm-hmm. I, oof. I mean, I haven't seen enough of them to say circle of trust necessarily. No, but, but last I night mean, helped. It helped. When I think of names like Adam Simber and Jimmy Garcia, I think Jay Jackson has passed both of those guys. Yeah. I
1: I might I might be in the same boat there, man. And and Jay Jackson's story is great too. Thirty five year old. Released three times. Uh this season he's pitched. All over Triple A, buddy. Like, he was in Dodger Stadium ninth inning and 10th inning last night. He's also pitched in Buffalo and Rochester and Gwinnett and Worcester, you know, like all these like Triple <laughs> A. <AAA>, like, <laughs> just such a, like, talk about not giving up, dude. 35 years old, kicked around for so long. And this was, we, I know we gave a little bit of, uh, maybe it was, uh, Maybe it was a solo show, but it probably was you and I giving a little tip of the hat to Ross Atkins for actually getting Jay Jackson as bullpen depth. Because bullpen depth is pretty tough to just acquire and stick in AAA, a 35-year-old that has done it, right? And he did kind of have his choice of where he went. And even when he was released in April, uh, he went back to the Jays. He chose to go back to the Jays. So, so good on Jay Jackson. I hope that he uh, sticks around.
0: Now that was definitely a solo show if you're giving ross atkins props for that because (laughs) my stance is always bullpen is a crapshoot sometimes you walk into one and i feel like that's what we've got here
1: it's possible
0: it's possible (laughs) all right all right um let's get to the mailbag then yes sir Okay, uh starting with Patreon comments. Uh Johnny Eaton commented on yesterday's MLB Mondays, which you weren't here for. So mm-hmm. I did solo. I made it 30 minutes. That's a, a tough play. thirty. Solo thirty is a hard thirty. It's, it's a it's a tough thirty, it it's is a tough thirty. So uh we got through it. So I just want to give some love to the Cincinnati Reds on this Toronto Blue Jays podcast here. But uh I was given so much love for Ellie Dela Cruz. I just love, I'm love. I know that maybe he's like overhyped, but like he's fun to I watch, man. He's, he's fun
1: incredible to watch. to watch. So
0: anyways, Johnny, he might just, not
1: be overhyped, which is scary.
0: <laughs> so, Johnny says, it's funny to see all the hype around Ellie Dela Cruz when the Reds legitimately have several players, also rookies performing even better than him. So this came from, I think we were talking, or we. I was talking a uh, little trade talk and reports that I think it was Jonathan India is uh, mm. uh trade block for the Reds. This well, is they've, they've 2021 got this young... rookie of the year, but he's just aged out of that next wave of Cincinnati Reds young talent. So it's just kind of, I mean, whatever it is, what it is, but, Yeah, the Reds. I mean, they've got this young Matt
1: McClain. This Matt McClain dude has been like lights out all season and has pretty much taken India's spot, which is hilarious because, like you said, man, you go back two years and it's like we're building around India. We have to. Like the guy's a a dude, but no.
0: There you go. So, anyways, love for the Cincinnati Reds. I'm glad they're an NL team. Every once in a while, you just get that, like, like the balance of power just kind of gets jolted one way, and I feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of where we're at, where it's like, the Diamondbacks are on the precipice of being, like, legit contenders, the Reds might mm-hmm. be something, the Orioles, unfortunately, seem to be something, like... Cool. and
1: and there's a few on the precipice that we could see next year too guys like uh the pirates Oof, are, you are you know when, they get, the when pirates, they get
0: the pirates i don't know Fru's about bag. them i don't know about the pirates yeah there's They're,
1: more uh, work to be done there for sure i'll
0: give not you not to that. poop <laughs> on the talent of the pirates but that is just a dysfunctional organization i wouldn't uh wouldn't count on them to sort it out but all right there we go um Devin commented on MLB Mondays yesterday. It says, Adam mentioned that Romano having discomfort in the bullpen, warming up during the all-star game, but pitching anyways. Uh, And with Velocity being down, and now last night in the 10th inning, watching him almost wince and grimace before exiting the bullpen right before commercial break. I don't know if you caught that because you were live at the stadium. But there was right as we were coming in to bring in Jordan Romano there and extras. He just looked like he wasn't. He looks like I do when I wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. You
1: know. Yeah, I wasn't my sharpest at the eleventh inning. I fair. had a few beers by then. I did miss that, fair but. enough.
0: <laughs> uh, wince and grimace, by the way, uh, great nickname for a a podcast. So <laughs> the wince and grimace. You guys have to decide which one of us is wince and which one of us is grimace. Um, anyways, long story short, Ooh. trainers came out, checked on Romano mid inning. Red that flags, I did catch. Oh, yeah, horrifying, right?
1: Uh, very scary. I mean, you, so Devin, I know there's a Devin le- says, Talk this- me
0: off this ledge. That's how he ends the comment. But can we?
1: So, there's a lot of detractors out there for Romano, and I don't care how you feel about Jordan Romano you need to acknowledge what he is doing for the back end of this pen, whether he's giving up more blow and saves than you want to see. He's still an incredibly competent, high leverage guy with experience who has been there and done that. And this team desperately needs a healthy Markham madman when they make their push into the playoffs, dude. So is it concerning? Absolutely. Uh, the hope, is that it's a lingering thing he's been dealing with. Everyone is hurting by August 1st. You know, like, we're really getting close here, man, to yeah. uh, the 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 playoff push, right? Like, the last two months are definitely going to be the toughest, uh, need the most mentally, uh, you know, the intestinal fortitude, if you will. Like, you, you got to buck up at this point in the season. So that is the hope. It's just a lingering non-issue that's going to cause any IL stints. But he's working through some pain, and hopefully it just gets better. But no, it's concerning.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when Jordan Romano isn't at 100%, I feel it like the blue jays feel it when he is yes. locked in as as good as it gets maybe mm-hmm. not maybe not as good as it gets but he's up there he's up there once okay. that velo starts to drop and he's throwing 94s the yeah that slider's slider is a lot not more near hit-able.
1: as effective yeah 100% man
0: so i'm worried about it i'm worried even if it's uh no il stint and he can just play through it if he's not hitting 97 99 Mm -hmm. 100
1: man it is so funny the the place where rock cat atkins has found himself at this trade deadline like it really is worth going all in in my opinion but that said there's so many obstacles he needs to overcome right like he needs to figure out does he need to bolster this bullpen because if jordan romano is going to miss serious time. That is a big, big question mark moving forward that probably needs to be addressed. How's And I, I know it's why they keep throwing out Manoa. Like Manoa actually looked pretty decent in his last start. I mean, his slider definitely had better shape to it. He seemed to be laboring a little less on the mound. I mean, it wasn't an amazing start, but I'll take it. He got the win. Uh Hingen Ryu on the verge of coming back. But could they still need a starter? Like I don't know, dude. Especially with Kevin Gosman missing some some starts there, and like we don't know how their health is. But I mean, the glaring thing is is a right-handed bat, which is hilarious. Uh, so yeah, I just I'm glad I'm I, not Atkins. So I would not let her
0: back in time to last season. That the Blue Jays <laughs> need a right-handed bat. Oh my gosh. We would
1: we would just be beside ourselves, eh? We'd be like, what?
0: Too many lefties. <laughs> um too many lefties that can't hit is the problem. Yeah, uh, and yeah. this is that's Although that double. Dalton got it done we... last night when we needed him to. So suck on that, Joel. Clutch. <laughs> um all right. Yeah, I don't I don't have a way to talk Devin to off of this ledge. Uh my Concern is probably at like an eight out a ten for Jordan Romano. Mm-hmm. I hope that it goes mm-hmm. down quickly, but my concern is severely inflamed.
1: Out of curiosity, just when we talk the circle of trust and the guy at the top of your pecking order with this bullpen, Jordan Romano still number one on your your go to list.
0: Don't put words. In my, I I don't, I, know, I don't know if Jordan Romano's ever been number one. I he's got warts. Is the thing I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's tough because I don't know like does Eric Swanson slot in as a closer? That doesn't really I, make me feel good.
1: In my opinion, Swanson is the only other option, right? I mean, nobody's stepped up to a point where I'm like, I want to see Jimmy they Garcia, closing like, games, yeah. you know, like nothing against Jimmy Garcia. He's had a really good run the last couple months. I mean, he definitely, uh, what was it? A couple games ago gave up some runs where it wasn't, ideal but
0: (laughs) that's the life of a reliever life of a reliever um yeah nate pearson is uh maybe two years away of like continued growth and progress before I, i he's got the stuff like nate pearson i think could that that could be his role down the road
1: Here's a question for you about Nate Pearson that was interesting. I saw on Twitter his name being tossed around as possible trade bait. Would you move Nate Pearson for a rental in 2023 right now? Yes,
0: absolutely. I would.
1: Yeah, I'm in that boat too. I think I'd, I mean, obviously over Tiedemann, and I don't think he has that sort of value, but I'm sure he has some value because he's got pretty special stuff. And he's still only 26, and he has shown he can be a pretty good reliever. I mean, I know that that uh, bumps him down the value chain when it comes to to positional value, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, that's such a tough call. If anybody's kicking the tires on Nate Pearson, I'm definitely listening closely, and I don't... Mm-hmm.
1: Because, dude, let's face it. It was tough to watch Julian Merriweather catch on with the Cubs and really excel. But I think it would hurt so much more if it was Nate Pearson because we gave Julian Merriweather literally every possible opportunity.
0: <laughs> well, we've given Nate I'm
1: Pearson
0: quite a few kicks at the cat. Um, yeah, I don't know. Nate Pearson is still a total unknown for me like this season Mm -hmm. has not really what's the right word for it i'm i'm encouraged this season Mm -hmm. has been finally a healthy yes productive season out of nate pearson the transition to the bullpen appears to be a permanent permanent thing this is not a Hey, we're going to limp through the season, and hopefully, next year we can get you back to be a starter. Yeah, I mean, if that's what it takes to get a whatever name you want to throw out there, if it's Nate Pearson mm-hmm. and Santiago Espinal for Cody, Cody Bellinger and Marcus Strogan, yeah. sure. Like, you know, I would do that. Yeah. Nate Pearson. Uh, could be awesome next year and could also Mm -hmm. be like a a whip of two the
1: one encouraging thing about Nate Pearson is that like you said he's been on the field so he's been actually able this year for the first time in a long time to have a year of development you know it's pretty tough to like continue to develop and improve when every time you start to gain experience and knowledge you hit the wall injury wise and need to go on the I.L. like i am sure the kid is about as frustrated with his career over the last three four years as, as anyone, but
0: I think what Nate Pearson is because of the last what is it three seasons maybe mm-hmm. have been such a bummer, there's been so much like in my my brain has being programmed towards the idea of doesn't have he's not going to be an alec manoa contributor to this team blah 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 the stock has been so low on nate pearson the only reason i haven't wanted to move on from him is because Mm -hmm. the stock was so low and i was like well we're not gonna get anything in return so because this season has been like an uptick all of a sudden i kind of just want to be like hey yeah if we can get any cash in our chips <laughs> if we can get a warm body in return yeah let's cash in and get out of here you know that might be too harsh uh i do like nate i like nate Pearson. yeah me too guy. and i, I like I his hope stuff. He's successful I... yeah but, um all right so there you go that was uh nate Pearson and romano talk let's move on to twitter kikuchi's beard dm'd us yes on x sorry not on twitter sorry elon <laughs> Getting used to the new rebranding. Um, people who don't follow this whole thing are like, what the hell are these guys talking about? Twitter is now rebranded as X, but it's still Twitter.com, right?
1: Yes. Everything's still Twitter. There's still a the new merge. logo. I haven't changed the logo on my thing. I am not on board with this stupid X thing, but what could you do? Elon's ruining Twitter. The only place I really have fun on social media. So good for him. <laughs>
0: There we go. All right. So Kikuchi's beard says, enjoy LA Scott. Thank Um, you. Says, do you think we should audition any of our talent pre deadline? See if what we need is maybe in house. And then he lists Barger, Addison Barger, uh, Schneider and Horowitz. Mm -hmm. I think Horowitz is the most ready but Schneider's ability to achieve everywhere has to carry some weight too. And I want to see what he can do here before shipping him off. Also, any thoughts on, or do you want to just jump in there?
1: You know what? Let's jump in there and we can circle back. Okay. Um, I truly do understand the idea behind additioning some of these young guys and, and giving the rest of the league a look, but I'll be honest. If you're in AAA, the rest of the league is taking a look. I don't think that they necessarily need to call up a Davis Schneider who has opened eyes right across this organization, friend of the show, uh, soon to get his interview out, I'm sure. Um, Spencer Horowitz made his MLB debut with the Blue Jays a couple months ago. Same thing, friend of the show, good dude, has really shown some progress over the last 18 months with what he does. Uh, especially in left field, right? He's a left, a natural lefty. So he's kind of been pigeonholed at first base, something that he talked about the first time we had him on the show and how hard he was working to get good in the outfield. He's definitely a proficient left fielder at this point, which definitely adds some versatility to him. Uh, Addison Barger, the big, the big shiny new toy that came out of nowhere last year and put himself in the top 100 uh according to baseball america or on the fringe i shouldn't say that he didn't actually make the list but got an honorable mention type of thing so he's he's a dude who could have some value personally i don't think moving one of those three that they hold enough value to be worth it for what would return i mean if you could get away with out moving one of these guys that are like on the precipice of of making their major league either debut or contributing to the team that said, I mean, if if that's what moves the needle for one of these teams, you don't know what another organization is after. I'm fine with giving them up. But I just don't know if uh, promoting one of them to the big leagues for a week would make any sort of difference. So I don't think they're going to audition a guy like that. Now, who knows? Going out and getting... Uh, I'm going to mess up his name here. I know it's spelled Geneva. Henova Cabrera, I think is how yeah. it's said. Go ahead and correct me in the comments and and mock my my overly white saying of of Spanish names. Uh, <laughs> but even him, you know, they picked him up. He was DFA'd by the cards. If they can, this could be an addition, right? Like if you are going to go out and get a a, a big bullpen piece, right, with a proven track record, maybe you need to throw in a dude like, like Cabrera or Pearson in return. So this could be an addition. It could also just be trying out another lefty that isn't Tim Meza seeing if uh, you can catch lightning in a bottle for a couple months because the the guy's got a hell of an arm. What a debut yesterday. Came up big along with the rest of the bullpen.
0: Yeah, um, I don't like the idea of auditioning our AAA talent at the big league level pre-trade deadline. Uh, mm-hmm. We can't really afford to be risking any victories here because we've got Addison Barger playing shortstop to give Bo a day off. Like, and if play just, your best players. Play your best players. We need our wins. Like you said, if they're in AAA, they've already been scouted. They're being scouted. Uh, they know what we have in these kids.
1: If anything, it is possible that Aralvis Martinez was called up to AAA. To
0: give For that more purpose. organization. I was going to touch yeah. on that in a second, yeah. Um, but a guy like Horwitz, Schneider, Barger, even if mm-hmm. we called them up to the big leagues, we have, what, six games before the trade deadline?
1: Yeah, we're a week out.
0: Whatever the stock is on Spencer Horwitz from like a oppositional scouting
1: standpoint a good week in the majors isn't going to move
0: the he dial could rake for six games and no one's gonna go oh this kid can play mm-hmm. you know let, let's play let's pay extra to get spencer horowitz on our so like there's nothing that yeah best case scenario he hits he goes 15 for 20 with seven mm-hmm. home runs no one is is going to think Oh, this guy has a long future. Uh it's so it's just Small there's only downside. Size, yeah. There's only downside and so so from that standpoint I don't like it. Uh Spencer Martinez. Spencer
1: Horwitz, Spencer Horwitz by the way, uh won player of the week in Triple A last week. There you go. There you
0: go. Uh Arellis Martinez then. Called up to Triple A. He's played 5 games with the Bison. One home run. Nice. What are your thoughts on Aurelvis.
1: Man, he, listen, my knowledge of player development is definitely not at the scouting level. The Blue Jays scouting department definitely has a much better feel on where Aralvis Martinez is currently. However, just just following his career over the last couple of years, I feel like Aralvis Martinez is really shaping into an actual prospect. He's kind of made his way back into the top 100 Baseball America prospects. He struggled mightily in April and has shown he can really get over a massive slump, which is something that some players just never do. Like he was hitting stuff like 50, you know, like under a hundred. And every hit he had was a dinger, which great. 21 years old, showing a lot of power. But if you only hit dingers, you're never going to get to the show. And since then, man, since May 5th, I think it is, he's hitting like 300. He has been spraying the ball all over the field, which is very impressive because he's normally a pull guy. So he's been opening that up. He's a dude who has age on his side, and according to the reports, is looking pretty good at third base. He's got a good arm. Um, Sorry, I don't know. Elvis Martinez
0: more, is. Elvis Martinez is hitting 300 since when? may May
1: 5th 5th, i think maybe it's 290 but it's it's right up there you're digging up the numbers right now
0: i'm just digging up the numbers right now so may 5th to today he's hitting 269 which oh whatever maybe if i look at may 7th maybe it was may 15th or so i don't know yeah it's it's substantially better than the 200 batting average he has for his career in the minor leagues Mm -hmm. um Okay, that's encouraging, because when I'm looking at his season totals, it's still not good. Like, his 2023 but, batting average is two twenty-seven.
1: Which, again, man, like, he almost didn't hit anything in April. So that is definitely contributing to that average. I you
0: don't know. That's, that's fair. If someone came knocking on a Relvis, this trade deadline.
1: If we get somebody with control. Yeah, I'd move her all this, but you for a rental. want to, it would need to be a hell of a rental, dude. I can't even think of who, I mean, outside of obviously Shohei, in which case if we're getting Shohei, everyone's involved in that move.
0: Yeah. Right. Our wives are getting on the plane too. That's right. Um where are you at on a
1: roll this? Like I'm I'm curious like and and everyone watching feel free to jump in here like I it's tough to get on board and be like he is the future shortstop of the Toronto Blue Jays. But he's also 21 and he hits more power for more power than anyone in Double A currently. I'm I'm curious to see how he it's does a Triple A.
0: Oh man. I mean you touched on it like if you're if you're hitting 220 in the minor leagues, shave another 50 points off of that at the major league level. Like it doesn't matter how how much power you have if you can't hit the ball. Like The swing and
1: miss is concerning. He has improved on his strikeouts over the last couple of months and his walk rate is up. In fact, his walk rate is almost right where his strikeout rate is, which is pretty impressive. But I mean... Up until middle of May-ish, it yeah. was abysmal. And that was his big... It's why he dropped off the top 100 prospects, right? Is that despite the fact he led Double A at 20 years old with home runs. Yeah. He did it hitting under 200 and struck out all the time.
0: I guess next year will be a big, big a season big test. for Elvis.
1: One thing I will say about Aralvis Martinez, he is not... Ready to be the third baseman of the Toronto Blue Jays come April 1st of 2024. I'll tell you that much right now.
0: Yes, I'm with you there. Uh, Walks are up, strikeouts are down from last season. Mm -hmm. Strikeouts are substantially down. Substantially down. So last season in double A, 40 walks to 140 strikeouts. This season, 43 walks to 65 strikeouts. Much better. Much Much better. better And if you take April
1: out, if you take April out, it's even better. So, like, good for Aralvis, kind of getting it right. You can tell he's starting to develop. And that's the thing. Development's not linear. You know, everyone was expecting Aralvis at 19 years old to be Vladdy. And there's very, very few 19-year-old Vladimir Guerrero juniors out there.
0: How old is Aralvis? He's 21 this year.
1: 21 this year, yeah.
0: I don't know why I'm comparing him to Louis Robert Jr. with the White Sox. Just mm-hmm. like young kid that can mash the ball, right? In the mm-hmm. home run derby. Uh, career batting average in the minors, 309. Mm-hmm. At 21 years old, uh, his batting average across all three levels. we so he played high A, double A, AA, and triple A. He hit 328. As a 21 year old, including 297 at AAA. So that's where I'm kind of like.
1: For every Louis Robert, there is a, a Dolas Garcia Martinez. or a Jordan Alvarez, who at 21 also were very similar to Aralvis Martinez, where struck out too much and
0: kind of got, got it together. Adolis Garcia's yeah. stats. Yeah. It's just becoming a. Minor League podcast today. I love it. Some people are really loving this right now, and other people have already tuned out. So, Yeah. Uh, minor League stats for Adelise Garcia. As a 21-year-old. No, it looks like he was in a Cuban league, so that's not a fair comparison. Right. At 322. When was his first
1: time in affiliate ball?
0: So his... Three partial seasons in the minor leagues had a batting average of 266. Mm-hmm. So his first season, double uh, A, AA, triple A in 2017 as a 24 year old, hit 290.
1: 290,
0: pretty good. 24. So, but like you said, 24, much older. Yeah. Uh, Three years the yes, big The, the deal. strikeout to walk ratio was substantial. It was 108 strikeouts to 33 walks. Mm hmm but was at least still getting singles. That's true. Okay. Can we move Winches. on from this? Let's move on. All right. Uh, Discord was a buzz with oh yes trade deadline talk.
1: By so- the way, Discord right now, if you are not involved, this would be the time to get in because <laughs> it is a happening place. Everyone's throwing out their trade deadline uh, wishes and wants. So feel free to shoot us a message and we'll send you a link.
0: So, Lucan in Discord says, My ideal trade deadline would be for Bellinger and Tim Anderson. Uh, hope that Green and Ryu are enough on the pitching side. I just want more consistency in the offense. Uh, and then Mustard Tiger says, Okay, you've sold me, but I still want Perez. But give me Perez and Tim Anderson. And holy sh, this lineup transforms. And then, of course, Bringer of Wayne chimes in and says, Throw in Randall Grishik while you're at it. He's hitting uh, 989 OPS against lefties LMAO.
1: Which all jokes aside, Randall Grishik is mashing lefties, something that this team desperately lacks. I'm not necessarily saying that they should go out and get Randall Grishik, but I mean, he would definitely be a buy low candidate as an expiring contract. And honestly, we're kind of paying him anyways right now. (laughs) we're still sending Randall Grishik money. So might as well come and uh, contribute while we're paying you. And as for Bellinger and Tim Anderson, I mean, either of those would be a great addition. Tim Anderson definitely has run out of rope with the Chicago White Sox. Super uber talented dude at the plate. Uh, I think he's 30 now, 31 uh, he need to slide into second. He's a horrible shortstop. I mean, him and Bo were leading the league in errors last year, and Bo has made my prediction of him becoming a average everyday major league shortstop defensively come true, which we're all thrilled about, obviously. But uh, Tim Anderson. You do not want to deal with Tim Anderson at shortstop if Bo has frustrated you over the last couple of years. So uh Tim Anderson definitely would be a second baseman in this scenario. He does have, I think, a couple of years left on his contract. Cody Bellinger, what a I mean, he was a reclamation project, and he was he was a guy you, Adam, were constantly oh, like, radar bring all him. off season. Yeah. Yeah, give me Cody Bellinger, Adam said. Uh, And I still feel that way, you know? Cody Bellinger, can you imagine this outfield bringing in Cody Bellinger? It's already the best defensive outfield in Major League Baseball. And then you bring in Cody Bellinger, we'd have three center fielders that are above average and George Springer. Like, (laughs) center field would be pretty well looked after.
0: Yeah, sure would. Um, I don't have really anything else to add on that. Tim Anderson at second base. Is that an upgrade over who's at second base right now? Are we calling it Espinal? <laughs> Biggio? Who's our second baseman?
1: Merrifield, I guess. When he plays so much outfield, That's I don't what know. I, mean. I just
0: so weird. Is this just new baseball? Is this just yeah the way it is? Like. It's the way it is. You're,
1: you're never going to see guys that are just, I'm only this for the most part, unless they're a superstar. I mean, Frick, even Dalton Marshall can play catcher. Like it's, (laughs) it's just a different major league baseball than it was even five, 10 years ago. All right. Uh, Tim Anderson, Uh, by the way, Kikuchi's beard brought up Eloy Jimenez also, which we didn't really get to, but Eloy Jimenez is another interesting option in Chicago where they've completely ran out of patience with Eloy Jimenez. He was supposed to be the next uh, superstar on that team. And they made that uh, bold move in signing him in that very first year. Remember he was one of those guys where uh, everyone in Toronto was like, why don't they do that with Vladdy?" (laughs) Uh, Yep. But the Eloy contract hasn't really worked out. So it would need to be the Jays taking on some money, but they might actually be able to get Eloy for a reasonable price. And that is a, I don't, it would kind of be a pretty Ross Atkins move to get a little bit of a reclamation project with some upside at a discount. I'm not sure if that's the route I wish to go this trade deadline, but he is an interesting piece as well on that Chicago White Sox team.
0: Uh, six years, $43 million. They're paying them nine and a half this year, 13 million next year. And then a club option for 25 and a club option for 26 seasons, uh, 16 million each. So you want Eloy Jimenez?
1: No, not really, man. Not really. What I want to see happen this deadline, dude, is them go get guys that are raking right now. Right now. You know what I mean? Like, forget about their past. Because the trade deadline is going to be about capturing lightning in a bottle. It's going to be about getting guys who can contribute right at this moment, not reclamation projects. So, could Eloy Jimenez turn out and be very good on a team moving forward in 2024, 2025? Sure, he's still young. And he's got a, a great skill set. But do I wish to see the Toronto Blue Jays go out and try and find that in, in the last two months of the season with the playoffs on the line? <laughs> not really. Fair, uh,
0: fair enough. Okay.
1: What about um, you? Do, do, do you think that that's a fit?
0: No, I'm not interested. There's There's some... Some White Sox that I'm interested. I, mm-hmm. I do think I would like Tim Anderson on this team. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Maybe we'd add some so. Mojo, too. Tim Anderson comes. The Mojo would be rising. That's for sure.
0: Mojo rising. Um. Okay, next one. Marcus G. Says, here's a question for you. For the purposes of the trade deadline and the remainder of this season only, should Dalton Varsho be considered a fourth outfielder during the trade deadline calculus? I ask because it would make potential acquisitions of guys such as Teoscar or Bellinger much better fits if there isn't concern about taking at-bats away from Varsho, at least for the remainder of 2023. Marcus from Patreon, uh, great question. I saw this talked about on Blair and Barker. Mm-hmm. Kevin Barker figures not an everyday player the second half of this season for Dalton Varsho.
1: I mean, this goes back to the old adage, baseball is a business. Dalton Varsho has eyes. He knows what he's, his stats say. Right. He's aware of where he sits currently in this Blue Jays pecking order when it comes to the outfield. And the nice thing with Dalton Marshall is he's under three and a half more years of control. So this is a dude on this team. This is going to be a mainstay in the Blue Jays organization. That said, yeah, he's a fourth outfielder for the rest of this season. That's my prediction. I think they do go out and get Cody Bellinger, or they do go out and get a Teoscar Hernandez, or go out and get a bat that can hit lefties. And I think that it's going to definitely take time away from Dalton Varsho, who has been a stalwart in the outfield, incredibly defensively sound, and a guy that you can just count on to make the everyday plays, something that maybe you didn't have the... um, the comfort of with a Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in left field, right? So despite the fact that Dalton has underperformed at the plate, he's a great option to put into the outfield later in games when you need to make sure the defense is is, is short up. Like, you know, come playoff time, it's very likely that even if they do go out and get a Teoscar Hernandez, you see Dalton Marshall in the outfield. If they're going to play 2-1 games. And that's the way this team's set up. Now, if they bring in a guy and you see the offense start clicking, then I think that that is something that uh, won't happen. But, yeah, Dalton Marshall's playing time, I made this a very long answer for, <laughs> for being able to just say, yes, Dalton Marshall's time will be less <laughs> moving forward after this deadline is my prediction.
0: Is that wishful thinking like is that do you feel like coming out of the trade deadline we're podcasting august 2nd are you hopeful that we went out and did something to take at bats away from dalton Marshall?
1: i am okay okay big hit in the 11th for him yesterday though
0: yep
1: I I I am not down on Dalton show, by the way. I really do think that he's going to be a major contributor moving forward over the next few years. I just don't think that this is the year where we want his bat in big moments.
0: Fair, fair enough. I... Does your opinion I mean... vary?
1: Like, are are you worried about Dalton show's feelings getting hurt if his at bats are
0: cut down. No, not at this point in the season. Um, the way he's been used, like he gets pulled out of games a lot, already. Mm-hmm. Um, weird spots, weird <laughs> spots. But I mean, defensive stud. Mm-hmm. He's also like, again, just looking at this season. Right, because what I'm about to say is going to sound like a shot at Dalton Varsho, but like I'm still high on him for the course of what the next three seasons. His tenure, yes. Right? Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a 300 hitter by the end of his his term in Toronto. Uh, you know, maybe the 290 pushes it or whatever. Like I think his work ethic. I feel like he's a guy that is going to put in the work whatever necessary Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. fix his swing or to get better at xyz like he's just he plays the way he plays ball I is the right way i love it
1: it's hard not to love the way he plays ball right like even yesterday when he was able to he brings skill sets that nobody else brings like he was able to lay down a bunt and move the guy from first to second which who else do you feel confident being able
0: to do that with well and this (laughs) is what i'm this is what i'm saying is is uh He could be the best bench piece in baseball for the rest of the season. And I abso- it doesn't sound like a compliment. I absolutely mean it as a compliment. Yeah. Like speed, the ability to bunt, a guy mm-hmm. that like you got to put in and you're not worried because you're like, well, we can just stick him in the outfield after like for Set the 7th, 8th, That's. So handy come playoff time when you're trying to manufacture runs mm-hmm. in those like shitty, grindy days where it's like we just got to steal something here. Mm-hmm. That's that's when he's like going to be most valuable for the rest of the season, I think. Because, god, I do not want to see Brandon Belt running the bases in a single playoff <sighs> game. I right? hear you, like man. If Brandon Belt gets on base, immediately pinch run him for Dalton Varshaw.
1: Late in game, absolutely. And, and man, while we're talking, Brandon Belt, like tip of the hat for the dude that he is right now. Like, yep. Atkins played this beautifully with signing Brandon Belt, in all honesty. And we're starting to see his power come around. We're starting to see his swagger come around. He, he's got the best on base percentage in baseball since May 1st, which is mind blowing. The guy has been nails for this team and he's got two world series rings he's got that playoff experience and you can just tell he's a leader in the clubhouse and he's a guy everybody loves like you just feel it it doesn't matter who he's goofing around with I saw him giving Vladdy a rough time yesterday just they were they were it was off camera obviously it was they were kind of kind of out by left field there and he was just like he kept pushing Vladdy's shoulder, and it was, you could just tell there's like this camaraderie that, like, Belts just a big goof and uh, fits in so well on this team. Oh, love it, but boy, he can't run. Don't let him run.
0: <laughs> Don't let him run. That is for sure. Okay, well, there you go. Thanks the question, Marcus. Uh, let's get to the last one here, Mish Beer. So, is this non? Eh, I don't know how to categorize this, but this is a good question. She says, I feel like the opposition has a read on some of our pitchers. So, when a pitcher stops getting, quote-unquote, swing and miss from the opposition, like they've got his number now and will just risk being patient and walk rather than try and hit, is it expected that the pitcher come up with a new pitch to add to their arsenal, or do they simply work on mixing up delivery of the pitches already in their repertoire.
1: This is such a great question. And it really does get into the psychology and gamesmanship of pitching and hitting. And it really does depend on the pitcher. I mean, we did watch Yusei Kakuchi this year come in with a much slower breaking ball, right? He's kind of got that slurve going on now. I mean, he still throws the slider, but he's definitely mixed his pitches from last year. Uh, but I think in a lot of cases, it really is just for a game, a team will have the strategy of the pitcher down, right? They'll just know they're like, Hey, this guy's doing this. And it's all about a game of adjustments. And it's about the catcher kind of being uh, cognizant of what is going on and being able to switch up the game plan when it's obvious that hitters are maybe looking for a certain pitch. So I think it really is pitch selection personally and how you uh, mix those up. We've had guys on the show. Like I remember Mark Zebchinski when we brought him on, uh, World Series champion in 2011 with the Cardinals, former Blue Jay, uh, lefty specialist by the end of his career. And I remember him talking about trying to add a curveball and just how difficult it was to go from a two pitch guy in the bullpen to adding that third wrinkle. And these are like, like, there's what, dude? I, I saw a stat the other day. There were, there's were there been 23,000 Major League Baseball players in the history of MLB in the 146 years that it has been a league. Like, that is such a small amount of players. So it is so impressive when they can even just get into the league. But it does go to show you even these big league guys that are the uh, the best of the best. Like, man, throwing in an extra pitch, it takes years of work, right? Look at Kevin Gosman to perfect that splitter. Like he was a fastball slider guy at the beginning of his career. And as soon as he perfected the splitter, he became an ace in major league baseball. One of the top 10 starters in in MLB. But before that, we all remember the Gosman on Baltimore loved facing him. Couldn't wait to face Kevin Gosman in an (laughs) Orioles uniform. (laughs) What do you think, buddy?
0: Well, when I read this question, I couldn't help but think of Alec Manoa. A lot of swing and miss for Alec Manoa last year. I don't... I don't... I don't know. Maybe it's not the same. Like Alec Manoa maybe doesn't quite fit this question because the... Advanced data on what he's doing also shows a personal regression. It's not that he's still performing at the same level and teams have adjusted, right? They Mm -hmm. don't go, oh, we know what he throws. He's tipping his pit. It's just like the slider's moving less, the fastball's slow. Like, just everything is 5% worse. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, man. I don't know. At add, add, adding a new pitch is so tough. Mm-hmm. You're not at home right now, but usually you've got RA Dickey behind you. Yeah, the knuckleball. You know, that's one of those pitches that no one's getting drafted because of their knuckleball. No, no, it's like sidearm. It is a oh, well. It's either learn to throw a knuckleball or retire.
1: I mean, I was just reading the other day, the most successful knuckleballer of all time, right? Tim Wakefield started his career with the Pittsburgh Pirates and then eventually had a incredibly long and prosperous career as a Boston Red Sox. Uh, He was drafted as an outfielder. He was drafted as a a position player. Hmm. And when he hit double A, he had his coach take him aside and was like, listen, you're not a major league player unless... You do something or figure something. And Tim Wakefield spent the next year trying to master the knuckleball. And, of course, history shows good move by Tim Wakefield.
0: (laughs) Yeah, worked out all right. Worked out all right. We need some more knuckleballers in Major League
1: Baseball. We do. It's been too long since... There was a, a real knuckleballer in the league. It'll what happen. Mean, There'll needs that
0: grand to just become a knuckleballer for the next five years.
1: <laughs> At 40, he's like, you know what? I'm sticking around. I learned a knuckleball. Yeah. It goes good with my EFIS. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, it plays well off the EFIS. Uh, all right. That's all I got. Mailbag. Okay.
1: Well, there Oops. we go. We got a mailbag. And uh, thank you to the grounds crew for listening. We always appreciate uh, all the support, feel free to hit that like button and the subscribe button. We're actually at 4,500 subscriptions on our main channel. So we're pushing mm-hmm. 5k help us get there. Spread the word Bye, walk off. Yes. Good one, Adam. Thank you. So Adam can't make it, but I'm going to be in Toronto in September and doing some comedy. So I'm tacking on a live podcast, uh, co-hosted by our good friend of the show, Craig Ballard of Locked On Blue Jays. So we're going to run a... This is September 10th. It's going to be a live long toss. It's called Baseball Town. Currently, we have the lovely uh, friend of the show, Baseball Jen, is going to be coming down for the live podcast. we got Julia Cruz of MLB.com coming down to be a guest. We've got Blake Murphy from Sportsnet coming down to be a guest on the show. And Johnny G of Gate 14. And a super special guest that we can't mention because we need to wait until after the trade deadline to see if he's even on the team, but wink, wink, he's on the team. So there you go. (laughs) All right. Uh, Tickets for that. I will uh, send Adam the link and he'll, he'll shove it in the comments section there and feel free to join the discord as well. Shoot us a, a message and we'll send you the link. All right, everybody, thanks so much for watching. Take care of yourselves. Cheers. Go Jays, go. Let's win this Dodgers series.